On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Uh, we're joined in the studio by James Lawless, uh, the Honorary Secretary, I think is the official title, of uh, Fianna Fáil, also a TD for Kildare South, who is, uh, has been responsible for an internal party programme to try and, uh, I suppose this is a might seem like a crass way of putting it, but trying to basically figure out what it is that Fianna Fáil stands for. I hope that's a fair summary of what you've been up to, James. Um, uh, you brought a document to the Party Ardesh yesterday about what Fianna Fáil stands for. So, in short... What does it stand for? Okay, so the programme that of work that I've done over the last 12 months was something the teacher tasked me with last year to lead a commission uh, to review what's called the aims and objectives of Fianna Fáil. So this is a document that Fianna Fáil incorporated at its foundation in 1926 in the Scala Theatre. People like Deva Lair, Cadiz Markovitz and Sean Lamas would have been around the table. And it's only been revised twice since then. Um, so it's quite an honour to, to lead this task. Uh, I had a committee, there was a dozen of us on the around the table. And we met with every unit of the party and we met with people outside the party because we thought it was important that we take external views, you know, ultimately it is the Republic that we serve, you know, it's not the party, it's the people that we're here for. So um, we have taken this in and produced an updated set of aims and objectives. Uh, So what do we stand for? Uh, We are a progressive Republican party. Uh, We're rooted in the community. We have a strong conviction to social justice. Uh, We are also pro-enterprise because we understand that you can't have one without the other. Without a a strong economy, you cannot have a strong society. Uh, We value aspiration. We value quality of opportunity. Uh, We're a pro-European party. We've always been at the heart of Europe. Um, We're very proud of our European traditions. Uh, We brought brought Ireland into Europe um, at at the early stages. Um, And I suppose we've taken those kind of core values and we've layered them across the challenges of today. Uh, so things like reformed public services, um, striving towards energy independence, the imperative of climate action, uh, food security and even things like defending our democracy uh, which weren't on the radar uh, the last time this exercise was done. So this is it's 30 years since these aims were last revised. Mm. And if we look at the old aims, they're very laudable they're very noble but I, I suppose at, at the very least they need a modernisation because society has changed and the world has changed a lot in the last couple of decades. Okay so other than um, defending democracy, what, what is in this document now? What, what is now defined as an aim and objective of Fianna Fáil that wasn't there last time around? Okay, so, like, so what's new here? Yeah, a lot of stuff is new. Okay, so uh, rewarding enterprise, you know, it, might, it might have been couched in some different words, but rewarding enterprise, uh, valuing equality of opportunity, rewarding hard work, promoting enterprise and innovation. Tell me that that wasn't already listed as a Fianna Fáil no, no, not aim? Not specifically called out. I mean, the aims and objectives, I suppose at the outset of the party, uh, under, the, under De Valera, historians would be you know, well aware of this, the goals really were quite self-sufficient. It was really about the kind of Gaelic revival, as Patrick yeah. Pierce said, not free merely, but Gaelic as well. And that was natural coming out of the oak of the British Empire. But a century mm. on, the party and the world has moved a lot. So some of these but things... But you're, you're the party of Lamas as well. Lamas was very clear that you couldn't, you couldn't be self-sufficient. He was all about rewarding enterprise. Very, so, very is this, so is it that novel and inclusion then to put it down in your no, party aims? No. So um, one of the things that we found when we did this consultation is that um, this isn't a, a massive reinvention of Fianna Fáil or this isn't a massive, you know, we haven't turned tail and gone completely new direction. We're building on old strengths. We're building on big successes of the past, you know, big traditional values and something that our membership very much resonated with, you know, things like rewarding enterprise, th- things like social justice, things like being rooted in the community. Um, these are things that we've always done. And actually another one that's quite interesting, I think it's a new one, is what I call building the future, which is big infrastructure. So we have done rural electrification in the 40s, the motorway network in the 90s and noughties, uh, the fibre broadband rollout of today, uh, the maritime port and, and redevelopment of, of the 
our ocean uh, potential at the moment that the government is engaged in. We have always been a party of the big state. We have always taken on big, heavy engineering projects and delivered them through so that the nation is safeguarded against environmental, economic, mm. population trends. Again, that's something that's put into yeah. this document as a core aim and objective but, of the party. Uh, but then, uh, well, here's another way of maybe t- t- approaching that question. Other than the role of Ireland in Europe and the world, because there are other parties that want to have different views on, on the degree to which Ireland should be embedded in broader uh, European or, or global bodies. Other than that, what's in this that wouldn't be a common objective with any other party? What what other party is not in favour of a home for all or isn't in favour of strong public services, that isn't ultimately in favour of unity, that isn't ultimately in favour yep. of so, rewarding enterprise? So, so different parties with a different emphasis. Um, I think that I, I categorise us as a party on left of centre. Um, I think we're party of the big state. We favour capital infrastructure just, spending. That, sorry, just not to interrupt you. You, you, um, you categorise Fianna Fáil as being left of centre. Yes. But because it's a strong state, in favour of strong states, state, so it's in favour so of... If we look at if we look historically, levying resources and and intervening exactly state intervention, be it childcare, be it early education, uh, be it in the health system, we're striving towards universal healthcare, we're striving towards universal access. The free primary school books that Norma Foley announced only last week, right through to Don O'Malley announcing the sixties uh, free second level education. We have always been the party. You know, we created the welfare state, we created uh, much of the the healthcare system that that's there today. Uh, we set in place the foundations at the time when Anthony Bevan was doing it in in the UK. Uh, Fianna Fáil and government were doing it uh, in. Ireland. So we, we've always had that tradition uh, and again that's with state industry, state housing, the massive social housing projects of the 40s, 50s and 60s and again with Housing for All putting 4 billion a year in, in, into housing, uh, state interventions. So I, I would very mm. much class us that way. But we're not a hard left party. We very much value okay. enterprise and we think the enterprise is how you pay for that and we welcome but foreign direct investment. Yeah. We welcome and support indigenous mm. industries and we think there's a value in going to work. Left to centre or centre left is a pretty crowded spot in the spectrum though which is what brings you back to the other question as to what makes any of your aims and objectives different to anyone else yeah. that's in that part so of So first of all I don't know what other parties' aims and objectives are because I haven't seen them um, identify them uh, with clarity in recent years. Um, I had a look at other parties' websites in the course of this exercise. Some of them are kept quite hidden actually. Some of them don't like to talk about some the Stanford because they're not... Some of their party constitutions and the likes. Yeah, some of them don't like to talk about it because maybe they're not so clear themselves. Um, we're very clear. We've just endorsed this unanimously at Nardesh um, after a very extensive consultation exercise. But I suppose the collection of values that we hold, so for example, strong public services, these aims include healthcare, housing and education as three of our core aims. Okay, Now you could say every party scribes to that. How they do it actually is somehow different. We talk about the aspiration to home ownership. We believe that every that an ordinary working person and an ordinary working salary should be able to afford a home. That home ownership should not be the exclusive preserve of, of the very wealthy. Unfortunately it's becoming more difficult. We know that. But one of our core objectives is to address that. Not all parties subscribe to that. Some are quite comfortable with the rental model for example. If we look at the public services and strengthening and reforming those, what we went into confidence and supply with Fine again in 2016, we had to twist uh, the table to say, you know, we want a three to one ratio of public services to tax cuts. Fine again at the time, we're doing one to one because they have a, 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 an ideology. It's their prerogative. It's not our, but we don't share it, which I would say is slightly more centre right, where they are saying actually tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts. Mm. And we're saying, yes, there's a role for tax cuts and we must reward enterprise, but we must reinvest that into public services and we must do it. And in the way we insist on confidence supply, it was on a three okay. to one basis. That was actually turning the tables at what I've gone before. The other thing, and you know, to mention other parties, then looking at the opposition. I don't see any other parties talking about defending our democracy. You know, the growth of populism, disinformation, free and fair elections, 
for civic political rights, the right to free press, the right to free and independent judiciary, academic freedom. Are, but and the freedom are, are any of them opposed to it, though? Well, who, who's opposed well, to a free press? Who's opposed to a free judiciary? Who's well, some parties are. I, I think Sinn Fein are a populist party. Um, I think disinformation okay. is something that they've engaged is, in in the past. Is that who you ultimately mean? Because you're just saying that you find it very difficult to find the constitutions of any other uh, parties. Uh, a quick Google while you were speaking. You can Google Labour Party Constitution Ireland. First results is the Labour Party Constitution that outlines its values. You could Google the words Social Democrats Ireland Constitution. The first results is the Social Democrats Constitution that outlines their values. Even if you Google the Sinn Fein Party Constitution, uh, it is the second result. It's not on their own website. But the second result has a Word document with the constitution of Sinn Féin that outlines their values. Okay. They're not a secret. Okay, sure. But well, I don't see them out talking about them. You know, I, I don't see the parties uh, engaged in these kind of exercises. Um, so we've set them out uh, front and centre. We have 12 aims and objectives. Um, I think they're pretty integral. I say, I think the combination of them. So we have, I suppose, what I term traditional values. Unity is up front. Uh, the, the Irish language and culture and the creative arts, which is not just Indigenous arts because mm. it's the whole uh, tapestry. Um, we think that arts have the potential to lift a nation. We think that's something that should be valued and valued in material terms that artists can actually sustain their own livelihood something we've called out specifically in these aims the value of community I think is something that was really rooted in, in Fianna Fáil as a party all of our public representatives and our membership are engaged in their communities that was something that really came through strongly during our consultation and every uh, community organisation our people are on the ground working in the community and, that and, and do, you th- do you think others aren't? Ultimately, what I'm trying to get at here is that what, what is what is unique about this? What, what is going to be Fianna Fáil's unique offering versus the other plethora of parties that are on the left of centre next time around? And you're telling me that you're in favour of, of all these things, which is great that you're in favour of all of them. But I, as far as I can make out, basically, so is everyone else in your same part of the political spectrum and I'm just wondering what makes you at all different Okay I, 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 I suppose I don't agree um, I, I think that the collection of aims that we have articulated here we have what I consider a somewhat un- a unique um, combination of supporting enterprise supporting valuing aspiration and aspiration is a great word that sums up what Fianna Fáil is about we want people to succeed in life we want to have early state intervention to help them be it in childcare be it healthcare be it in housing uh, be it in education most importantly which is again a key Fianna Fáil value in education we give them that hand up in life and then we believe in equality of opportunity that they are given you know a reward for making a go of it that they get over the line that they that they get out and and, and make and, that and work you think themselves. others and you think others aren't no That's not to the same extent no I don't I don't I, I think that you know if we look at the Irish political system Fine Gael I would t- t- characterise as a centre right party they would be less about public services they would be less about housing for all look at the failure from 2014 to 2020 until we enter government and virtually nothing was done on housing for six years That's why we're in the blight that we're in now They don't invest in the same way in universal health care So they have investing in public services. Plan. That Fine Gael were presiding over that Fianna Fáil supported for four years. We didn't support it. We didn't support it. Well, if if it was such an existential issue for a government, you could have collapsed the government over. So if, if housing is such a fundamental core uh, part of Fianna Fáil's identity that if the government that you were supporting from outside was so poor on housing Yeah, the confidence display w- wasn't, wasn't good for us there was external factors at the time uh, we weren't in government I mean there's a misconception it's often thrown around oh, we've been in government for the last mm. 10 years we're in government for two years we were out of government since 2011 we were out of government for the last decade I, I think there's a missed opportunity particularly in terms of housing uh, for what, what went on there but again specifically and very you know it's something that's on public record the ratio of public service tax cuts when Fianna Gael were in government alone was one to one when Fianna Fáil exerted influence over budgetary policy and confidence supply, it was became three to one. We insisted that public services be spent for every euro in tax cuts, there'd be three euros spent in public services. That's an example of this at work. Um, again, looking at the other aims, we have, I suppose, in terms of modernising uh, where we're going as a party and, and ultimately where we want to take the nation, 
with some really interesting new ideas about a sustainable island. So we're looking at the renewable energy potential of the, particularly of the Atlantic coast, uh, mm. but actually across all of our shores. There's a modern challenges such as energy independence and food security. Okay, so people will be familiar with these over the last 12 months, the energy crisis in particular. But this is something that's been on the radar for a couple of years uh, and growing. This is a challenge of the 21st century. Energy independence is something that we can tackle. We can invest hugely, as we are, and the government is beginning to do, uh, in offshore wind farms, in solar, mm. in renewable energy f- sources, and in such a way not only to mm. power our own island, but actually we could be. There's no reason we couldn't be an energy exporter. We could be a renewable energy superpower, mm. and that is something that we can do. We can tap into the intangible asset and revive those coastal and rural communities while so doing. Mm. And in a similar way, food security, the age of globalisation, when we bought our bananas from Brazil and our avocados from Peru and got a spot from somewhere else, you know, and we could do that in just-in-time ordering and everything would click arrive in 24 hours, you know, would be in, on the shelf. That's gone. It's possibly gone forever. You know, things like the war, things like COVID, all those supply chains have shut down. Mm. It's really en- en- environmentally desirable that we do that anyway. So I think that the whole idea of food security and again, the government is encouraging farmers to incorporate tillage into their beef farm or into yeah. the dairy okay. or whatever and diversify. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I think it goes back to a lot of good organic environmental um, ethos and it's something that will again okay. drive our farming communities. Uh, one texter points out that of course energy security is, is a matter for the Green Party because Eamon Ryan holds that brief although I suppose the counterpoint then is that Charlie McCodlock holds agriculture so maybe that's responsible for food security. Um, you probably won't be too surprised to find that a lot of texters are a little uh, underwhelmed or cynical about the whole exercise. Aaron says, maybe it's just me, but this reinvention of Fianna Fáil is mortifyingly embarrassing and sums up the irrelevance of the party. Neil says, a little bit of everything for everyone and Fianna Fáil wonder why they're shedding support all around. John from Dublin says, first thing your guests should do is read the other party's manifestos. They're clearly there, you just didn't bother to read them. Rookie PR mistake. Yeah, well look at it. I mean, there are... Uh, <laughs> Their haters are going to hate, right? So it's something that I like, because I get that. I know that I'm in politics a long didn't, time. Didn't expect a Taylor Swift quote, um, but uh, yeah, well, there you go. You know, modern view of all. Um, so look, people have their own agendas, their own ideas. People that text into programs, you know, are unlikely to be swayed. I, I don't know. I'd suggest to people to go out and read these, because um, there's been a lot of thought and time has gone into them. Uh, every word has been carefully calibrated. Uh, it's a simple document, and yet it's a very profound document. This isn't a manifesto. This isn't a policy manifesto. And so, just on the point about other parties. Um, other parties' aims and objectives, you know, the constitutions might be out there. In terms of their core values, I, I'd have flicked through a couple of parties. Some parties have a very high level. They may be a four pillars, um, which can be a little bit difficult to dive into. Others have detailed policy statements. Where are their kind of top 10, you know, their, their actual goals in office for the next generation? You know, this, that's what this document is. This is not a policy manifesto. This is not a, a detailed uh, dive into what we're going to do in every level of policy, but it has the potential to become that. So the next step of this is the 12 aims here could become a dozen chapters in a manifesto. You know, you can delve easily into each one of these and flesh out the detail around it. And of course, there's going to be overlap. Of course, the Green Party are going to be over climate action. And of course, you know, other parties would share an interest in rewarding enterprise. Mm. So, you know, there's overlap. Uh, of course across other parties I don't think that the combination of values that we share and I would also say this isn't a complete reinvention this isn't some kind of attempt to suddenly turn the table this is consolidating core values that we have done and done well for a century layered against the challenges of the modern world re-emphasized and reiterated through the, the party of faith about the Ardesh and through our external and internal consultations um, and, and I suppose set out for the modern world I think there's okay. a really good package here I'm really looking forward to driving this through to the next manifesto and beyond I okay. would encourage people right. to go and read it and, and take a look at it and, and make up your own minds and read it though they will, I'm sure. James Lawless, thanks for coming into studio. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.